not plan to be long tonight. Amen. I don't plan to be. Praise God. Mark chapter number 2. We will begin reading at verse number 1. Mark 2 and verse number 1 says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Amen. Are you thankful he's in the house tonight? Praise God. We need a noise and a brawl that he's in the house. Well, hallelujah. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Amen. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. <clears throat> he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, Take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Praise God. For a little bit tonight, to preach on the subject, tear the roof off. Tear the roof off. Amen. Can you lift your hands? Ask God to have his way in this place tonight. Lord, we need your touch today, Jesus. Ask God that you would have your way in this place, Jesus. God, we need your touch. We need your presence tonight, Jesus. God, that you would have your way in this place, Jesus. That your perfect will would be done tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I need your touch. I need your help tonight, God. I need your anointing, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, you're wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. This man, they, they, first off, Jesus came to this country and it was noise abroad that he was in the house. Amen. I'll tell you what, we need to noise abroad that Jesus is in the house. Praise God. You know, there, the, he hasn't lost his ability to move. He hasn't lost his ability to work that he had here in Mark chapter number two. But the same God that we worship tonight is the same God that stood there. He may have been robed in flesh there. And he may not be robed in flesh any longer. But I'm telling you, the same God is in this place tonight. Hallelujah. When they noised it abroad, the house was full. It was so full that there was no room for anybody else. They, they couldn't receive anybody else in there. They had filled that building uh, until there was no more room. But there was some fright. Some men came one time. There was four men that were carrying their friend with them. Uh, they picked up his bed and carried it there. And he, he was sick of the palsy or a paralyzed man, if you would. Uh, this was a man that could not bring himself. Uh, this was a man that could not by his own strength make it uh, to where Jesus was. But there were four that said, you know what? We've got to get him there because this man can make a difference in my friend. This guy can make a difference if we just get him to Jesus. I know he's healed other folks and he's done many other works. And I know that if we can get him to Jesus, that it's going to be okay. Ah, hallelujah. 
hallelujah, I'll tell you what, if we can get the sick and the needy and the sinner into the presence of Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus will make the difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They, they, they got to this house, and when they got there, there, there was no way to get in. There was no way for one man to get in, much less four men carrying a bed. You know what? They could have got discouraged. They could have said, well, there ain't no way we're getting in there. We can stand in line, but ain't nobody moving there. We, we were just going to have to try it another day. They could have. I dare say that maybe I've done that a time or two. We, we bring our need. We pray about it for a couple minutes. Don't see nothing happen. We take it back home. Yeah. Woo. Hallelujah. They brought it there and they said, no, we're, we're not taking him home like this. We, we, we brought him here and we know the answer's just right inside there. We just got to figure out how to get him in there. You know, too often we start thinking that we have to do everything the conventional way. These guys, if you would, thought outside the box. And they took their friend, somehow got him up on the rooftop. I know their houses were different. They, they got him up on the roof, and, uh, and there wasn't a doorway up there big enough for the bed, so they just made one. And they broke up the roof. They broke a hole in this man's roof. I, I tell you what, the owner of that house was probably like, what is going on? But they busted a big old hole in the roof. And uh, I imagine as the dust and the dirt started falling through, folks probably started backing up just a little bit, wondering what was going on. They got the hole tore in the roof. And when it was big enough, uh, they lowered the bed down. I don't read anywhere where they said, excuse me, would y'all please move out the way? We got a friend here. Now they just started lowering it. Now I'm telling you, if a bed started lowering out of that ceiling, I'd get out of the way. And they did. They stepped back and he landed there right by Jesus. Amen. What better place to land than right by Jesus? And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to this man that was sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Which is wonderful. I'm very thankful that God's forgiven me. But I would say that that probably wasn't why they brought him there. But I do believe that we can learn a little lesson right here. A little side note as I was studying the story that, I, that just struck me is that too often we start thinking about the physical needs. Amen. We start thinking about the needs that we have uh, in our life and uh, different situations that arise. But I believe what Jesus was kind of saying here was that his healing was not the most important thing that he needed. What he needed most of all was simply to be forgiven of his sins. Amen. I've got some needs that, I, that are very important to me that I, I'm praying earnestly about. But I'm telling you, they pale in comparison to my salvation. I've got to make sure I'm right. That's the most important thing. I've got to go and make sure that my sins have been repented of. I've got to make sure that my calling and my election is sure. Hallelujah, that, that's got to be the most important thing to me. And so Jesus said, your sins be forgiven thee. And those scribes that were sitting there, they said, what's this man thinking? Because to, to them, he was just an ordinary man. So what does this guy think he is that he can forgive sin? They were thinking it. They didn't say it out loud. They were thinking it. But Jesus Knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. He knew what they were thinking. And he looked at him and said, what's easier? To say, take up your bed and walk? Or to say, thy sins be forgiven thee? But, that you may know, son of man has the ability to forgive sin. He looked at the man and said, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, he arose. Immediately, he got up. Picked up his bed and walked. And they were amazed. Begin to say, we never saw it on this fashion. We've never seen anything like this. 
This man was born of four. He couldn't do anything for himself. But so when Jesus got done with him, not only did he have the ability to walk, he had the strength to pick up his bed and carry it home. Let me tell you something. There's been many a person that, that's been in an accident. They've been wheelchair bound for months on end. You don't just get up and have the same strength that you had before the accident. But let me tell you something. When Jesus steps in, he doesn't do a halfway miracle. He doesn't do a halfway touch. But when he steps in, he heals completely. This man stood up and walked and carried his bed out. They said, we, we, we've never seen it like this before. Never seen it on this fashion. We've never seen anything like it. I'm telling you what, if we saw a man carried in here paralyzed uh, and he walked out carrying his bed, I guarantee you we would say the same thing. Because I've never seen it before. This may be a little simple tonight, but it's what I feel in my heart. Every one of us tonight has some type of need. We all have needs. We all have uh, desires. There are things uh, we earnestly need from God. Uh, there are things that we've earnestly been seeking for. There are miracles we desire. There's loved ones we want to see healed. Uh, there's loved ones we want to see saved. Uh, maybe you need a better job or a new vehicle uh, or a house. Uh, or maybe your desire is simply to see revival, uh, to see the signs and wonders uh, that God has promised. Amen, but we've come here tonight and I hope that you brought some hunger. I hope there's some desire inside of you to see something that you've never seen before. Maybe you came here tonight. God, I want you to move like I've never seen before. God, I want you to touch somebody like I've never seen before. We have needs. We have things that we want to see happen. But we haven't seen it yet. Oh, we've seen some things. God's moving. We've been having some wonderful church around here. Great church. God's been moving. Hey, Amen. I'm thankful for it. But I at the same time believe that there is so much more. That God wants to give to us. There's so much more that God has in store. And I ain't talking way down the road, folks. I'm talking it can start right now. Amen. I'm not saying next week, next month, next year, the next decade. I'm talking about right now. There's a desire God has to do the miraculous that God wants to do. But it's time for somebody to just step back and say, you know what? I don't know how it's going to happen. But if I've got to get up on the roof, if I've got to tear a hole in it, whatever I've got to do, I've got to give my need to the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe oftentimes the reason that we don't see our needs met, where we haven't had our prayers answered yet, is because we have too much stinking pride and we're not willing to do what it takes for God to move. Let me tell you something. There were four men that didn't care what anybody thought when they walked up on that roof and said, hey, all we've got to do is bust this thing up. So they said, okay, I'm going to bust it up. There were probably somebody yelling at them. I'm telling you, I'd be pretty upset if someone busted a hole in my roof. Even after seeing the miracle, when that guy got up there and had to put the roof back together, he's probably not very happy about it. But those men didn't care. Just to put it real blunt, they didn't care about the inconvenience of somebody else. They had to get to Jesus. Jesus. 
You see, I think that sometimes there's a little roof that's really blocking our faith. There's a little roof that's keeping us from where God wants to get us to. And until we break that roof up, we're not going to be able to say, I've never seen it like that before. It was a lady, familiar story found in Matthew chapter 15. A lady that had a need came to Jesus and to seek after him. He would not answer her. The Syrophoenician woman, man, she was not a Jew. And uh, that's why he came. And so he didn't even answer her. She went to the disciples. Her daughter was vexed of a devil. She was at home. She was grieved. She, she had a dire need. She came to Jesus. He wouldn't answer. She went to his disciples. They finally came to him and said, would you send this woman away? My version of the story is she's driving us crazy. She won't take no for an answer. She, she just keeps coming over and over and over and over. And then she came. And worshipped him, the Bible says. She got down on her knees at his feet. And worshipped him. Said, Lord, help me. Do you understand what it takes to get down and worship? And your daughter's still sick at home. You've been ignored. Your prayer and your pleading is not being answered. You see, this woman was not going to accept no for an answer. Jesus looked at her and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Well, how would you like it if you asked someone for a bite of food and said, it ain't right for me to take my food and give it to a dog? been some point in some of our lives where that had been fighting words. But she, in verse number 27 of Matthew 15, she said, Truth, Lord, you're right. It's not good to take your children's bread and cast it to dogs. She goes, Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. I, I'm not asking for you to take from your children. I'm just asking to lick up the crumbs that they've let go all by the wayside. I just need that little bit of crumb. And Jesus looked at her and said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. The Bible said her daughter was made whole in that very hour. How many times have we prayed? And felt like God just wasn't answering. Time and time and time and time again. How many times did Cornelius pray? We have no record. But we know that he built a memorial. This woman was refusing to take no. She kept coming back. Kept coming back. Kept coming back. Insults flew. She didn't care. She had a need that had to be met Right then. Hallelujah. I feel this for somebody tonight. Maybe it's just for me. But I tell you what, we, we've got to get over. Well, I've prayed three times and nothing's happened yet. Oh, I've longed for this for a long time. Nothing's happened. I, I think it's about time just to give up. Really? The next time you pray could be the day that he comes down and answers your prayer. Hey man, it may have been a long time coming, but I'm telling you, don't quit now. Don't give up now. That breadcrumb is falling from the table. It's time to crawl under there and get it. Well, I'm not going to get down on my knees and beg. Well, she did. 
She said, I don't care what I've got to do. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what they think about me. I've got to have my need met. I'm tired of feeling like every time I pray, I'm banging my head on the roof. Well, then get out and break a hole in it. Bust up the roof if you have to. It's time to get to him. A lady, hey man, just a few days ago, a father-in-law's church that desired the Holy Ghost more than anything. And one night, she prayed for two hours on a Sunday and didn't get the Holy Ghost. And I don't remember if it was Monday night or Tuesday night. Tuesday night that week, she put her kids to bed and she went and prayed. She said, I'm going to pray until I get the Holy Ghost. Hey man, she started praying. Hey man, wasn't this felt like she wasn't getting anywhere. She went and woke her husband up who works 12, 15 hours a day driving truck. Went and woke him up and said, hey, I need you to help me pray. And he got up and began to pray with her. And at 3.30 in the morning, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. You know what happened? That's a woman that said, you know what? I don't care what I've got to do. I've got to get the Holy Ghost. I've got to have my need met. I don't care how long it is. I don't care if I inconvenience folks. I've got to have my blessing. Hallelujah, if you brought that attitude tonight, you can walk out that door with your need met. You can walk out there with an assurance from God that your need will be met. If you came here saying, I won't be denied, I won't be told no, I've got to touch him. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. It says, Now unto him that is able. There's no doubt in that statement. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. Or think, according to the power that worketh in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Unto him that is able to do. He is able to do. Well, do we believe that tonight? I've marveled about this scripture. It's able to do exceeding abundantly. But all that I can ask or think. If there's one area and there's probably, there, trust me, I, Pastor Riggin is a great man. And I am nowhere near the kind of man he is. If there's one thing I have in common with him is I'm a big dreamer. I think big. I dream big. But as big as I can dream, he's able to do beyond that. Said he's exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. You know, we dream of filling this building. He dreams of reaching this city and is capable of it. Well, do we not think that God can reach the city of Olathe? 120,000, 130,000 people. I got to thinking one day, and I, I may have told you all this before, but I, I just feeling it again, but... I, I was in a situation, I was talking to some people. There was two churches in one town of 32,000 people. And there was a little conflict about that. And, uh, and I was talking to my wife about it one day. And I said, do you realize that if they each reach 1% of their city, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%,
which means 98% of that city would still be unchurched. They would each have 320 people in their churches. And yet there would still be 31,400 people without God. You see, we think in little numbers. God thinks way beyond that. We get so excited about the 120 that were filled with the Holy Ghost in the upper room. What about the 3,000 that were added the same day? A few days later, four, four, five, four thousand. <clears throat> daily, daily, such as should be saved. Daily. You see, that, that, that's how God works. That's how God wants to do. Somehow we've got to understand that as big as we dream, he is capable of far more than what we can even dream. Somehow we've got to be willing to bust uh, that little cap off of our, uh, off our faith, uh, off our dreams, uh, off our plans. And say, you know what, God, I'd love to see this, but you know, I know that you've got bigger plans uh, and I just want to be a part of it uh, and I want to see it. Grandfather was a missionary back in, I think he went to South America. It's around 1952-ish, I think, 51, 52, 53, somewhere in there. And uh, went to the country of Uruguay. And uh, there's no, no believers there went into this country, none that he knew of. And uh, he didn't speak any Spanish. And so he, he had a Spanish-English Bible and a Spanish-English dictionary. And he would sit down and spend hours writing his whole message out, trying to translate it. It's probably horrible Spanish. And he sat there, and for two years, he preached with zero converts. Holding services. My father wasn't even born yet. He was born over there, as was, I believe, my uncle. He's a little bit older than my dad. But after two years of struggling and preaching and reaching, trying to touch folks, he finally had his first one baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Began a revival, began to spread out and uh, established a work there that he was there, I believe, about 12 years. And when he left, they established a work that is still established today. And I grew up on stories my dad used to tell and, and my grandpa used to tell. My, my, mom's, my mom's grandpa was an old evangelist back in the 1920s and 30s preaching brush harbor meetings in Oklahoma, Texas. And, and my great-grandmother received the Holy Ghost when she was 16 years old. And, and I'm tell you, I've got a rich heritage and I, I've grown up on these stories and, and these amazing miracles that God performed and, and miracles of provision and, uh, and miracles of healing and going into a city where nobody was a couple years later. 100 people filled with the Holy I've grown up on stories like that but I'm telling you I'm not content tonight to, just to hear their stories and repeat them I've seen cancer healed with my eyes I've seen broken bones healed but there's something I've never seen the dead raised to life again I've never seen the glory cloud come and fill a building but I'm telling you there's a hunger inside of me I don't want to repeat a story I want to experience all the greatness that God has I want to see it with my own eyes I want to live it Hallelujah. I enjoy hearing the men and the elders' stories. But Brother Brandon, I want to see it. I want to experience it. I want to be a part of it. I've heard my father-in-law tell a story. Went to a little church one time and began to preach a revival. Just a small handful of people. 
I want to say he was there something like six, seven weeks. In the old time revivals, they went every night. Hallelujah. I don't know how their voice held out. Amen. I've been preaching three times a week and struggling. But he went there, and by the time he left, the pews were jammed full. Folks standing around. Six weeks. Something like 60 folks baptized. Six weeks. I've never seen that. But I want to. I got the Holy Ghost in a revival two weeks. 26 people got the Holy Ghost two weeks. Let me tell you something. I, I want to see more. I've heard folks, stories of folks walked in all crippled up, anointed with oil, and healed completely. And we tell the stories and get excited about it. But I'm telling you, I want to be the one who can say, I've never seen it like that before. There's enough hungry folks in Olathe. Lacine, Gardner, to pack every building in town. But somehow, we've got to be willing to bust the roof off. Somewhere we've got to be willing to get down and get our own hands dirty, tearing the roof up. You see what God was upset about on Tuesday night? was that we didn't come ready to get our hands dirty. We didn't walk in here on Tuesday night ready to do what God wanted to do. I'm as guilty as anybody. Busy, running, mind a million miles away. God stepped in and gave us a warning. We better come ready to have church. We better come with the expectation that if we have to, I'm going to bust a hole in the roof. If I have to, I'll get down and crawl to the feet of Jesus. Because I need that little crumb. You know, those four men weren't doing it for themselves. It wasn't because they had a pressing need in their own bodies. That woman with the issue of blood, we, I, I preached about her so many times. She, she had that desperate need and she did what she had to do to get to Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus, who, who, who boy, he wanted to sight more than anything. He, he, he yelled out with everything he had until he got Jesus' attention. I wonder if Bartimaeus may have thought, you know what, he may not come by again. I've got to get his attention now. But these four, it wasn't a neat touch they needed. You see, the next day they got up feeling just like they had that day. They went and worked just like they had every. It wasn't for themselves. But they had a friend. They had a man they loved that couldn't get there by himself. There was someone that they cared so deeply about and he was stuck in that bed with no hope of ever getting up. And they said, hey, we know what the solution is. And they bore him. They got that bed. The strain carrying that load 
glory to find a full house. But I, I don't see anywhere where they were discouraged. I don't see anywhere where they were slowed down. They said, well, the only opening I see is the one up there. And they went up there and began to bust up that roof. Getting their hands dirty, sweating, toiling. It took effort to bust that roof up. And they weren't doing it for themselves. Are we willing tonight to step out? If you'd stand with me tonight. Are we willing tonight to step out in faith? Say tonight, I'm going to bust the roof up. It's not for myself. It's for that one that I've worked with every day for the last few years. It's for that neighbor that I've talked to all the time that needs God. It's for that one that I told that I would pray for them. They're sick unto death. And if I've got to, I'll step out and bust the roof up. Not for me, but for them. For that cousin, for that uncle, for that sister, for that brother, that son, for that daughter, for that best friend since childhood. Are you willing to break the roof up for them? Are you willing to take that extra minute for prayer for them? Pastor Reagan has been honest to reach out to folks. Folks, it's time to bust the roof off that we can reach out to those folks. That we can be sensitive enough and hungry enough, desiring to see folks saved enough we will tear the roof up that we can get them to Jesus. I've not forgotten what we heard Tuesday night. Before you got here, I was here waiting. Before any of us got here, today, he was here waiting. Wondering if we would be willing to bust the roof up to get our needs to him. You may feel like this service is ending on a low note. It's not. Let me tell you something. God desires to do great things. But sometimes it's not as easy as just walking up to somebody and shaking their hand. Some of the miracles in the Bible, boy, they came by them easy. There were others that folks had to work for. And I believe there's a great revival ahead. We're in one. But the greater days are ahead. If we're willing to get that little bit of extra effort to bust the roof up. That every time we walk in these doors, we come expecting that God is going to do something special. And somebody's going to have their need met. Somebody will find that place of repentance. Somebody will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every service we go by that the water of baptism isn't troubled uh, should be a day we go home disappointed. Uh, I'm telling you, we've got to break the roof off. Uh, there should be added to the church uh, daily uh, such as should be said. But are we willing to bust the roof up? Are we willing to worship when our daughter's still sick at home? Are we willing to worship when the answer hasn't come yet? Are we going to bust the roof up? Amen. Tonight could be a difference in your life if you make up your mind. I'll tear up. Do whatever 
I've got to do. I've got this need. I've got this desire. And I won't hear no. I'm not going to let the ones around me stop me. I've got to find that place where I can touch him. I've got to find that place that I can get to him where I can make my way to his feet. Where I can find my crumb that holds the answer. Are you willing tonight to break the roof off? This altar's open if you'd like to talk to the Lord. If you've got a need, why don't you bring it and lay it down on this altar? Why don't you bring it and get your way to Him where you can leave it at His feet? He hasn't changed one bit since Mark chapter number 2. He still has the ability to forgive sin and He still has the ability to lift up the palsy that He can take His bed up and walk. But we've got to get out in faith. We've got to get rid of our distraction. We, we've got to get our mind focused in that we can get a hold of him. Amen. Ah, I will tell you what, we need to pray that God would take every thought and clear our mind that we can just get a hold of him. That I can forget about tomorrow, next week, or next month. I can forget about what happened today. And I'm just going to focus in on touching him. I'm bust the roof off tonight. I bust the roof off. I'm gonna tear it up because I've got to get to Him. He's calling. Are you gonna answer? He's calling. Are you gonna answer? Hallelujah! He's calling. Are you gonna answer? Are you gonna break the roof off today? Yeah.